what running back will be lining up behind Aaron Rodgers on Sunday? What can you expect from Cameron Meredith and Jalen Richard the rest of the way? And is Jonathan Stewart once again the only startable running back in Carolina? Plus, Jim Nicola, the Week 5 leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, is here to tell us about being a novelist, starting a fantasy baseball league at the Cheers Bar in Boston in the early 80s, and, if there's any time, how he got to be in the driver's seat for $250,000 in the Football Guys Players Championship. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom and tractors and coffins fitted. So we disappear in the smoke. Thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show... Is Des Bryant worth the wait for a late-game start? Is Devontae Booker becoming the running back to own Denver? And Week 5 FPC leader Jim Nicola tells us how he got to be in first place in 16 of his 37 leagues five weeks into the season. An insane ratio, Dizzle. 16 first places out of 37 leagues five weeks into the season. Unbelievable. That's, uh, you ever done that before? You ever done anything close to that before? I don't think so, Valky. I think uh, I have. But uh, it was by accident. It wasn't something I tried to do. You know, I had my team set on auto draft, and it just happened to be that uh, I just got lucky the first few weeks of the season. Nicola knows what he's doing. This is going to be a fantastic interview. Novelist, teacher, uh, started a fantasy baseball league at the Cheers Bar in Boston and won that league. This is like interviewing Hemingway. If you were alive. Uh, Yeah, if Hemingway played fantasy football and was awesome at it. (laughs) The Ernest Hemingway. Of high stakes fantasy football, Jim Nicola right coming up. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you can have in there uh, for us or for Jim tonight. You want to connect with us on Twitter at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Of course, 347 426 3682 is the uh, phone line if you want to give us a call. That's 347 Game Over. High stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is the email inbox. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get those questions to us in the FedEx inbox, excuse me, in the inbox. Uh, later on in oh, the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Yeah, they're really screwing us. Free plug for them. They're really screwing us at our day job. <laughs> How's that? Well, I don't know. Well, we talked about how, because we, we got the free Packers tickets from FedEx. And, right. of course, uh, Aaron got to go to the game. And you made the mention to me that, you know, if they're giving us free NFL tickets, yeah. they're totally overcharging We're us. We're screwed. We are screwed, yeah. indeed. So how was your day today? I missed you at, uh, I, I didn't go in. To, uh, to work because I had to watch my uh, kids today because my mother, who is their normal caregiver, 
um, or whatever you call it during the day. Tro- drove down to Milwaukee, about a two-hour drive from northeast Wisconsin, because my brother and his wife welcomed their first kid into the world. Uh, so, and I'm going to Milwaukee tomorrow to meet him. Very exciting. Everybody's healthy. Congratulations. A lot of procreation going on in your family. It is the first time like I'm an uncle by blood. Nice. Like I, I, Jen, my wife has two nephews and yeah. I, you know, I'm their uncle, but this is like the first like real like an uncle-in-law. Yeah. I was like their uncle-in-law and uh, now I'm like a real uncle. Oh, whatever. That's, so I was very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to uh, go meet him tomorrow in Milwaukee. So you're, so then you're the uncle. So you're the one who like secretly gets him drunk at one of the family functions. I would never do 16. that on purpose. Yeah. Hey, try this. Yeah. I would see, I'm not, I'm not like. That's not, that's not, that's oh, not you're my, the, you're the football playing uncle in the backyard uncle, not to get him. Oh yeah. Play. I would totally do that. I sure. love doing, yeah, I was actually, um, well, you know, this is going to lead us down a rabbit hole that we don't want to go on because we want to talk about fantasy on the show. And the first thing I want to talk about for fantasy, Hey, listen to my other show. Uh, <laughs> the high stakes lowdown, rotoviz.com slash radio. You can also download it on iTunes. It's also on SoundCloud. Um, it's a very good show. Interviewed Todd Range this week, this past week. I'm sure you listened to it already. Yeah. As soon as it came out 6am Thursday morning, oh. you were listening to it. I was riveted. For those people who did not listen to it yet, uh, a couple of things on here. Find out why Todd, Todd Range, by the way, super talented player. He's uh, cashed in the varsity league before, won football guys, players championship leagues, uh, been in like five or six FFPC main event title games, lost them all. Wow. So that was a sore subject, but he's certainly very, very talented. Uh, and uh, a couple of things in this interview. One, find out why Rob Podowski and Mike Jenkins, former uh, guests of the show, actually, I think former co-hosts okay. of the show. Podowski and... Mike Jenkins. Oh, man, their name. It's a... Polish Shamrock. Dang, I forgot. Yeah, Polish Shamrock. Right. Uh, they're friends with Todd Range, and uh, they dubbed Todd the tight end prostitute. You can hear that story on the show. Great. You can also find out, and I tried to get him to say, yes, bench this guy for sure, and all he could say was, well, I think it's a possibility that you might want to bench him this week. Guy that was taken in the first half of the first round in FFPC drafts this year. May want to consider benching him. Not going to tell you who it is, only because this is like the – my oh, pro- okay, We don't need a minute-long tease. I'm just gonna, stupid here's, show. here's the reason I'm doing the big tease this week for this show. Normally, I don't do it this long. This is like the end of the probationary period for me at Rotoviz. <laughs> so if like this podcast like really gets a lot of downloads and takes off, then they make it a permanent oh, yeah. thing. So that's why I really want everybody – like this is like my last gap. Come on, man. To, to get it to go. So rotoviz.com slash radio. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay. Let's get to uh, actual fantasy analysis. I want to thank Rob, uh, Roto World, and uh, Football Guys for today's rundown. Uh, let's kick things off with some interesting news out of Detroit. Theo Riddick listed as out for this week's game against the Los Angeles Rams, according to Michael Rothstein on Twitter. Uh, he did not practice all week. Dwayne Washington did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Got a limited session in today. He's listed as questionable. Justin Forsett, of course, was signed by Detroit earlier this week. Uh, and if Washington can't go, it's the Forsett and Zenner show for the Lions against Los Angeles on Sunday. Most people would say, hey, you probably want to avoid this. Don't start any Lions running back. I don't know how if you know, Dave. My running backs this year in fantasy, they ain't so good. We've been hearing about that every week. I, I didn't cut Forsett in a couple of leagues after he got cut by the Ravens, so I still own him in a couple of places. Ah, laziness helps you out. And, and, uh, in, and I'll cop to it right now if there's any Kentucky people listening um, to the show live. Uh, yeah, I have bids in on Forsett tonight, so feel <laughs> free to outbid me if you're in one of uh, those leagues. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping – because I think he can be a top 25 option this week. He was still out there, huh? He was still out there in a couple of my leagues, yeah. Huh. 
So I, I don't I know. He picked our group picked up picked him up in a few leagues. I thought this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that he was rostered in a lot like, of leagues. Like on Wednesday. Leroy might have grabbed him in a few spots. Yeah. Um, and I know he was picked up in, in Kentucky in a few spots as well. I don't know what his ownership percentage is in FFPC, uh, frankly. I'm sure it's higher than it is in Kentucky. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that you might – if you end up already have him on your team, maybe you're going to win him in waivers tonight. He's a guy that I would actually look at as a sneaky start, especially if you, you know, had like uh, Jarek McKinnon or, or um, you know, Quiz Rogers, Doug Martin, um, Charles Sims on a bye. These are all possibilities for you to stick in at running back. Or maybe you, know, you need somebody at flex. You had Diggs, you had Evans, you had Cameron Brait, um, Kyle Rudolph, uh, any of those guys. I think that uh, Forsett would make some sense here. Forsett this week in FFPC waivers was the number five acquired player added in 480 leagues. Average winning bid was $80. Maximum bid was uh, 567 and the low, low bid was a dollar. You know, as long as we're on the subject of running backs this week, I violated the own, my own rule that I said I wouldn't do a couple of weeks ago on the show about picking up Matt Asiata. I actually acquired him in a couple of weeks this week. <laughs> Going into the bye, that's how desperate things are for me. By the way, I kind of disagree with the Roto World analysis here. Not that I'm trying to dismiss your Asiata point, Asiata point, but that they say that they'd be wise to steer clear of the Lions' backfield. The Rams have a lot of defensive issues this week. I don't see any reason why not. Why if if they say four sets of starter and Zenner's going to, you know, be the goal line guy or whatever, I think starting four set, you're probably looking at a dozen points, possibly yeah, more. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you need that flex, no, I, 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 I think, think that four set makes a lot of sense there. I'll put it this way. In the two leagues I put in bids for him on, on I know I will be starting him in those leagues if I win him. Yeah, these guys are in, like, 18 leagues over here at Roto World. Right. No offense, guys. Uh, Eddie Lacy, question. Except for Adam Silva, who's great. He, Evan. Whatever. All right. Adam Silva, I'm sure, is fantastic, too. <laughs> He's uh, yeah, Adam Silva is uh, he's my butcher uh, down <laughs> the street. The, who's the NBA commissioner? Adam Silver. Ah, see, there, there you go. Also a great guy. I had cocktails with him last night. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, I'm serious. He's a uh, he's a good guy. Looking forward to the start of the season. Um, he wants to legalize sports wagering. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I said, hey, you have the high stakes fantasy footballer and FFPC support. So <laughs> nice. Eddie Lacy, questionable for the Dallas Cowboys game on Sunday. This according to Wes Hodkowitz on Twitter. Limited participant in practice this week. Lacey, actually in an interview that I saw, somebody asked him, oh, are you going to play this week? And he's like, ah, you know, I'm, that's the plan. We'll see what happens. I, I feel good, you know, <laughs> Brother. which is you never want to hear that. Um, well, be, at, least the beat a, writers, at least he's a lightweight guy, so he won't have much stress on his ankle. Totally. Right. Um, last year, you couldn't say that. This year, you totally can. Now he's now going down to 257. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those ankles, man, they're just like, oh, this is great. This is like sitting on a pillow. And Lacey actually has more of a cankle injury. Yeah. <laughs> question, question what with a cankle? Uh, for, uh, for the beat writers, what they have said this week in Green Bay is that Lacey is actually more likely to play than James Starks, who, of course, had the knee issue that he suffered Tuesday during uh, workouts and he also had a death in the family, so he actually is not returning to the team until tomorrow. I think he's – isn't he already listed as out? Oh, he's still questionable. Yeah. Right, I, he's not going to play. Okay, so I agree with you. I don't think he's going to play. Now, here's the key thing, Dave. Lacey is still questionable, did not get in a full session all week, and it's a 425 game against Dallas in Green Bay. So now you got some questions. What are you doing? Don Jackson, who is the, you know, de facto number three halfback on the roster, is on the practice squad. At, at this recording, still on the practice squad. Really? Green Bay has not called him up. Now, if Lacey were to be out and they don't call Jackson up, that means there's three, three guys in the backfield. Uh, John Coon, or not John Coon, Aaron Rukowski, mm-hmm. 
Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery. Or maybe you put Richard Rodgers or somebody like that in the backfield. Those are the only other guys I've seen line up. You know what I would do if I were the Cowboy? Forfeit. Sign Jackson off the practice. Oh, line. boom! Yeah, right that'd there. be great. Take that, sucker. Uh, you know what? Cut him on Monday. That's the Belichick level yeah, stuff there. Exactly. That's that's great. I like that. Didn't activate him. Yeah, oh, we'll take him and just cut some scrub. He's not doing anything anyway. You know, but the thing is, like, Prove a point. So he's got a bad ass. If they were to cut him on Monday, you know that Green Bay is not bringing him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, you know what? We're good. Good luck. Uh, you know, flipping burgers or pumping gas or whatever you're going to do now. Or maybe it, Jackson has a college degree. Have, I have no idea. Does he have the option to, to refuse the sign? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He so doesn't he, have to. There's, pl- there's plenty of uh, wide receivers over the years that have had the option to sign with other teams. And go active roster. And Yeah, and go on the active roster. And they, if we, I'm talking specifically Packers receivers. Mm-hmm. And they decided not to because they want to stay on the Packers practice squad, learn from Driver and Nelson and, and all right. those guys that they've had, and Jennings and guys that they've had there in the past. Um, so you don't have to sign with that team. You have the option to stay huh. on the practice squad for the original team. So you think Lacey's playing? I do too. I'm a, that's my opinion. Yeah. Does Bryant in the same game listed as questionable? No, I, don't the, think, I don't think he's playing. In the Green Bay game. Limited in practice all week. He is going to test out his knee in warm-ups on Sunday. Going to be a game-time decision. Again, 425 game, and the Cowboys are on bye next week. Bryant has missed the previous two games. To me, I would hold him out, even though I know how important this game is to Dallas as far as the NFC playoff picture goes. Get him right for the second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Don't take any chances. Um, the beat writers seem very um, uh, positive about Des Bryant's workouts this week. They've shown video uh, on their you know, Twitter accounts or Periscopes or what have you of him running, and he looked very good. He looked like he was um, not limited at all. So he's looked good. Um, Question is, will Dallas risk him in a game uh, like this against Green Bay? And keep in mind, Green Bay, number one rush defense in the league. Dallas has been winning games behind Ezekiel Elliott. May not be that easy on Sunday for them to do that. Might make some sense to have Des Bryant active. And the fact that they're still waffling on it this much maybe makes him more towards the doubtful side of questionable. Yeah, I think so. I think Dallas is going to do all right running the ball. I mean, their offensive line is so fantastic. I think that they're going to really uh, – they'll still open some holes against Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't think uh, – I you know, no way do I think Elliott uh, is held to 42 rushing yards this game. You can uh, put five on that. Latavius Murray uh, listed as out for the game against Kansas City Chiefs, according to Scott Bear on Twitter. This is the second consecutive game Murray has missed. DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard. Both had 14 touches last week uh, in Oakland's game without Latavius Murray. Jamiz Olawale, already a vulture to goal line carry, goal line touchdown last week. I expect him to do the same this week. What about starting Washington or Richard this week as your second flex? Uh, I would really not like to do that. Do not like it for either one. I'd rather start a a player like Cole Beasley or something like that. Right. Okay. I just, I just, yeah. Well, I mean, is that is it because he's a running back that you'd rather play a receiver over him in a PPR format? No, I'm just saying I don't. You know, it's tough to predict who's going to do well, and with you, it's kind of a three-headed monster, and I, I just would not be interested in getting yeah. into that. Yeah, I think uh, what we saw last week was Jack Del Rio really did back up his words by saying it was going to be a true committee that you know Washington would have first crack at it, but Rashard got a lot of carries, did a lot with those touches that he got as well, both catching the ball and running it. So I think if you look at Washington and Rashard. As a desperation type thing, yeah, throw them in. One of them, I, I don't, I really can't recommend one over the other. Uh, but certainly, you want to look elsewhere if at all possible. We have Jim Nicola, the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship, coming up in just a minute. Last thing I want to talk about: potentially serious thing 
uh, long-term as it comes to a tight end injury in the FFPC, and that's Jordan Reed. Been diagnosed with a concussion. He's going through the protocol right now, according to head coach Jay Gruden for Washington. Uh, Gruden has not yet ruled Reed out for the Week 6 game. This uh, uh, posted on the Redskins website today. Uh, a guy who's had this many concussions this late in the week, he's, he's still in the protocol. I don't like his chances of playing this week. I think you need to find other options. And long-term, Dave, uh, you know, the football guys' uh, audible show last night, they talked to Gene Brammel, the injury expert on there, the very excitable Gene Brammel, talking about Jordan Reed. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, this could be career-threatening. Yeah, I agree. You have Jordan Cameron thinking about hanging it up in Miami with all his concussions. Maybe Reed is, is the next guy to say, hey, look, enough's enough. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you should see that movie while he's sitting around. The concussion movie. Oh, concussion. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah, it's, it's called Concussion. I don't know why I was thinking any given Sunday. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, um, I refer back to Sports Injury Predictor. They're number one tight end, right. most likely to get injured. Hey, Jordan Reed, wow. Hey, who is, number, who is number two on that list? Tyler Eifert. Who technically was already hurt. Yeah, but they didn't, these rankings didn't like come out like August 30th. Right. These, these were out like since May. You know, I'm just happy that I've, I've avoided the landmine that's number four on the list, Troy right. Nicholas. Yeah, they got to put the sucky guys on here too, right. Balky. Uh, Jason Morrow, I don't. I think I mean, he they, got hurt. he yeah, got hurt. Ertz got hurt. Uh, Eric these, Eric Ebron, uh, Jimmy Graham. And now, by comparison, Jason Witten has had a has a one percent chance of getting hurt. Right. Although Gates was listed as pretty low, two percent, and he got dinged up. Yeah, he did. Oh, fascinating stuff. Uh, last point I want to bring up with uh, Reed: if you do own Reed, or maybe you don't own any Redskins tight end, you're going after Vernon Davis, or you're going after uh, Niles Paul, or is neither I, the correct answer? I'd look at Vernon Davis. And not be super excited about it. But, again, you know, if you need a tight end, why not? Okay. I, uh, you know, um, Matt Schauf and I, in our um, Scott Fishbowl waivers uh, discussion this week, we, I, I placed some bids in on Niles Paul. And he's like, why the Niles Paul love? And then I'm like, does Schauf not know about Reed's concussion? I mean, this was like, you know, it came out like on Tuesday or whatever. And then I, I was like, well, Reed's concussion. And he's like, Oh, I know, but Vernon Davis has been getting targets over him. And I didn't think that was that. And then I looked it up, and it actually was. that Davis was getting more of the targets over Paul, so I think he's the guy to own there if you want to venture down that road. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to venture down the Nicola Road. Jim Nicola coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour broadcasting here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to bring in tonight's guest. Very excited to, uh, to bring him on. Quite the introduction here, too, that I, I want to uh, bring him on with. Uh, he's a teacher of both history and English. First experience with fantasy was in 1983 in Boston, Mass. A group of regulars at the Bar Cheers Wanted to start a mixed fantasy baseball league. He won the league, but only because no one in Boston knew that the National League existed. After uh, leaving Boston, floated around the pro bridge circuit. So another pro bridge player. That's amazing. Wrote a couple of novels, went back to teaching. Says the best fantasy leagues in the Los Angeles area, uh, which is where he's from, uh, are made up of bridge players. Not only card players, really good card players. In his career, he's won a number of leagues, most in the FFPC, the WCOF, and with RT Sports. Phil Feldman is his partner in many of those leagues. He's also a uh, partner of Leo Bell, who was actually our high-stakes fantasy footballer guest two weeks ago, current main event leader, Leo Bell. Uh, Phil uh, Feldman, also partner. We're going to talk to uh, Jim about this. But please welcome into the show, without further ado, the Football Guys Players Championship Week 5 leader, Jim Nicola. Jim, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Oh, thank you for having me. 
very uh, awesome to uh, have you on. Well, let's let's kick things off about uh, the the Phil Feldman angle. I mean, you you partner with him in a lot of leagues, and uh, Leo Bell actually partners with him in a lot of leagues. And Leo, of course, leading the Football Guys Players Cha- or the uh, FFPC, you're leading the Football Guys Players Championship. And Phil is a co-manager of both you guys. Tell us that story. Well, Phil is uh, uh, he he wrote the original how-to book on DOS. I mean, made quite a quite a, uh, a good deal on that. I mean, you know, he made a lot of money on that. Uh, he's a, a statistics guy. He's got uh, a degree in physics from Cal. He's a smart guy, and uh, he plays bridge with uh, our group of guys. Uh, so, I mean, he's uh, very qualified. He's also a great micromanager. I mean, if you need somebody to, uh, you know, get into the waiver wire, he's the best guy to look at that kind of stuff. And uh, so uh, it, I'm sure it's benefited Leo a lot and me as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, a, it's fascinating that, uh, that the, uh, the bridge players are sort of taking over uh, the Football Guys Players Championship and the, uh, the FFPC main event. You guys uh, obviously are a pretty tight crowd there. We obviously know what you do for a living as far as teaching goes, but what I want to ask you about is tell us a little bit about the novels that you have written. Well, I've a couple of novels. I've been trying to get them published. Uh, you know, the people who read them love them, so uh, that keeps me... Uh, uh, you know, hoping that someday, some way, they'll get published. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was teaching, and then I was playing bridge, and then I was playing bridge, I was writing, and then I was writing for a while. And uh, I didn't want to teach full-time because I was writing and playing cards. So I basically have been floating around as a substitute teacher, full-time teacher, card player. And then I owned a company in Boston, and, you know, as a regular at Cheers, too, uh, you know, uh, the TV show. In fact, I was interviewed as one of the regulars on uh, Good Morning America when the show started out. Um, you know, I uh, played on the softball team. Uh, and uh, everybody in Boston knew who I was. I didn't know my name because I was from L.A. They would come and seek me out. I remember one time I was in uh, Daisy Buchanan's, which is a pub down by Fenway Park where all the uh, hockey players and basketball players and baseball players kind of hang out. I was in there with Mike Torres and then walked three uh, – Boston Celtics, ML Carr, Rick Roby, and I forget the third one. I can't remember who it was. And, uh, so they were sitting around. They were standing around this this bar, and uh, Rick Roby says, uh, "Larry Bird's the greatest basketball player that ever lived." And I said, "Well, Larry Bird couldn't hold Magic Johnson's jock." Next thing I know, I got the seven foot two guy pushing me against the wall with my nose in his belly button. Anyway, Boston's an interesting place. It's a smaller town if you've been there, and you can walk around, and about two hours you can circle the main part of the city, and everybody does know your name, especially if you're from L.A. <laughs> hey, Jim, can you do us a favor and try and speak a little louder? We're having a problem with our headphone levels. Actually, Jim, what, well, I, what I'm, I'm going to uh, ask you to do, go ahead, and um, what we want to ask you about uh, Cameron Meredith and Jalen Richard here in a little bit, but go ahead and hang up and uh, call Call us back, and we'll see if we can get a little bit better uh, of a connection. I'll, I'll, call, I'll call you on my landline. Huh? Okay. I, I think I, I cut him off there. But uh, I, I apologize for any technical difficulties. Of course, we owe this all to our wonderful platform, Blog Talk Radio, that we would never speak ill about except for literally every show. Uh, so I apologize if you didn't get much of that. We want to get to into the fantasy analysis uh, with Jim coming up uh, in just a little bit. We're going to hopefully get a, a better phone connection uh, with him there. But um, uh, hopefully – you got all that. We talked about Jalen Richard uh, before the break, and you said to stay away. 
And I, Jeff, I said, yeah, I'm not that interested. In yeah, him. as far as starting him, not necessarily. You would roster him, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. And I mean, in, in deeper leagues, I think for sure, like you know, main events and, and what have you, I think that makes a lot of sense to to have uh, Richard on your roster. But uh, Jim actually picked him up, and we're going to ask him about it right now. Along with uh, Cam Meredith was the uh, was the other uh, selection uh, or waiver wire selection that you had, uh, Jim, this past week. Cameron Meredith, thirty two dollars. Jalen Richard, twenty two dollars. Tell us a little bit about what you see from those guys going forward for the rest of the season. Can you hear me now, Will? Is that better? I think that's like quite a bit better. Okay. I'm using my landline. My All right, anyway, uh, you know, you, so oftentimes you're looking at a roster where you've got some guys to throw away. I mean, uh, uh, like Decker this week or last week. And so you just pick up guys, and what's the best upside guy? Well, obviously, uh, Meredith has got a, got a job. <laughs> I mean, and he's also playing with a quarterback I kind of like that nobody else likes, and Hoyer. So I said, why not? We'll just invest in him. And uh, as far as Richard goes, the same thing. There was an injury. I mean, what the heck? Throw him on your bench and see what happens. I mean, I wasn't able about playing him. I am playing Meredith quite a bit, actually, this week. And I played him a little bit. But uh, uh, I'm not into uh, these three-headed monster running backs anyway. So, But Richard's okay on my roster. Who knows? Maybe it'll work out. Same thing with uh, Detroit and the same thing with uh, Kansas City, in a way, and uh, the others. You know you know, you know them all. you you do this. So, uh. Jim, but, uh, uh, I think one of the most astounding stats for you uh, so far in 2016, I, I, I counted it up. You have 37 combined FFPC leagues and, and FPC leagues uh, that you're playing with us. Going into week six, or, you know, after week five, you're in first place in 16 out of those 37 leagues. Certainly an astounding number, and obviously uh, we, we know that the law of averages would probably say you will not be in first place in 16 of those leagues uh, at the end of the year. Maybe it'll be more. I mean, who knows? Uh, but t- tell us a little bit about what went right for you, both on the waiver wire so far this season and in drafts, uh, as you did uh, a bunch of them this summer. What went right for you this year? Well, there's a couple of things. The first thing I do before I even start draft, I don't start drafting until the middle of, let's say, August, because there's too much information. And you become brain dead. And uh, it's kind of like the Puzzle Palace. You ever read that by Bamford where the, you, the CIA and the NSA get so much information they can fill up the, the uh, um, Astrodome and they have nowhere to go. And so what you do is you just say, okay, let's wait until the middle of August and see what goes. Then the second thing I do is I say, okay, who are the sleepers these guys are throwing out, the big-name players like Schroeder or you guys? And you say, okay, why, why uh, are they sleepers? And all of a sudden they're not because they've been picked as sleepers. They become insomniacs. They're uh, like uh, guys that move up two slots or three slots on your draft board, and so they have no value anymore. So what guys weren't selected as sleepers? You try to find them. Uh, one I found was um, Emmanuel Sanders. Nobody seemed to want him. And I couldn't figure out why. I mean, Peyton Manning is not exactly what you call the best fantasy quarterback last year, and I figured anybody that was quarterbacking would be equal to him in Denver. So Emmanuel Sanders should have gone relatively in the same spot, and so should have uh, Thomas. So that's one thing. Another thing I look at is uh, I have a rule. If too many people like a player, there's something wrong. I mean, it goes back to a story. If you you have a minute, I can tell you a story. Sure. We have several minutes. Okay. Well, when I uh, back in the '90s, I used to sell forklifts, and I'd go and uh, have lunch at a card club. And every 
Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember what day, uh, the uh, goal sheet would come out. And on the goal sheet, there would be, you know, 40 games picked or so. And all the best bookies or uh, pros would pick these games out of Vegas, right? And I had a friend who was also a bridge player, John Mohan, you know, world champion type player. And he uh, would call me every Friday and say, okay, how many of these guys picked a team 70% of the time? And I say, well, let's say four or three. There wouldn't be that many, but there'd always be three, four, maybe five. And he would immediately put down big bets against those 70% picks, saying that whenever too many good players like something, there's something wrong. And he won a lot of money doing that. Cool to see, man. You remember that, Paul King? No, this this is a little bit before my time. That was like, you know, yeah, right. sports now, having now, I, in, in football, I kind of look at it a little bit the same way. Let's take uh, some of these people that I thought were being overvalued. Lamar Miller, for instance. I thought he was being way overvalued for a couple of reasons. I mean, Miami's desperate for a running back. They let him walk. Their offensive line is not that good. Their quarterback, again, with a quarterback as uh, general manager, let him walk, right? got two good receivers and I said well so he's going to get the ball a lot but so what I thought that I would never own him and I didn't so that worked out for me so far although I do think he has a good matchup coming up this weekend Um, then uh, I also have another rule I play by that the field is always wrong or you get into a draft and all of a sudden you're marking lines across your sheet and you've got 20 lines marked off, and there's a guy with a blank up at the top, all right? Uh, in my opinion, that guy's probably going to have a good year because the field is always wrong. I'll give you a classic example of this. It was Tony Gonzalez a few years ago, and nobody would touch him with a 10-foot pole. I think you guys remember that. And yep. uh, he, he ended up being worth a ton, if you remember. So, I mean, I yeah, have Gonzalez a few things I go yeah, I, go, I have a few things I go through automatically with certain players. If they're overvalued, in my opinion, I want to find out why they're valued that high. If I come along with them and I agree with them, I'll go along with it. But generally speaking, you can come up with reasons why they are overvalued. And I have a tendency to avoid sleepers because they just aren't sleepers after they've been broadcast by you guys, for instance, or, or Schroeder, or some of these other big-name players, all right? Now, you've got some players around here that, that are loaded with information. You know some of these players. Todd Ullman, you know, he's constantly listening to this stuff and digesting it. Jules is another one. Jules McLean is another player you guys know, I'm sure. Same thing. She constantly digests this information. I'm of the other school. You know, I like to pick it off in bits and pieces and then say, okay, where are we sitting here? The other thing I think that I do that a lot of players don't do I'm really not into this this yellow sticker mode, okay, especially for your leagues or RT Sports. I mean, those two leagues are not set up. They're not receiver-friendly. Yet these people come in, they play in a million leagues, and they draft the same way no matter what the style of the league is. And so they pop up, you know, yellow, 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 because somebody told them to do that. Well, in your league, that's absurd. Okay, I mean, it's totally absurd. It's a tight end league. You only have to play two wide receivers. And the value when that happens ends up in, in running backs. So take the value. I mean, you're going to find a receiver. The other thing that works to disadvantage of that theory is 
if you go online and look at the waiver wires of all these leagues, you'll find that the best thing to buy is wide receivers. I mean, how many running backs are you going to find this late in the year? Every backup running back is taken in the drafts. But wide receivers become, you know, quite available. Decent wide receivers become available. Even right now, on the waiver wires today or tonight, I mean, you guys were talking about uh, Meredith, but, you know, you got Cordero Patterson that's getting more and more looks that nobody seems to want because of his bad rep in the past. You've got guys like uh, Garcon who's going to pop 8 to 10 points a week if you're desperate. I mean, there's all kinds of wide receivers, but are there any running backs to buy? Forsett, because he was thrown away, okay. I mean, probably most of the time by me because I, I was all over him. <laughs> turn the draft, which didn't turn out to be great, but in the tenth round, why not? You know, uh, but that's kind of like how I go into a draft. I just don't do it the same way other people do, and sometimes it works. I mean, I've been pretty in your leagues. I mean, I don't know if you, you're just looking up this year. You should look up some of the other years. I do pretty well in you guys' leagues. And we we're happy to pay you out every time you win. Oh yeah, even when you don't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you well, know, it's interesting. I mean, you have, if you can't lose, you can't play. I mean, you got to lose a little bit. Come on. You're trying to win 30% of the time, aren't you? That means you're going to lose 70% of the clip. time. Uh, one thing I want to bring up that, that Jim touched on, everybody goes zero RB, or not everybody, but more people went zero RB this year in drafts. Receivers became a premium. Running backs fell. What happens on the waiver wire? Everybody's loaded up a receiver. They're looking for the, the next big thing at running back. They're overbidding. These running backs are super expensive on the waiver wire. Receivers like Pierre Garcon. Receivers like Corderell Patterson. Cameron Meredith. Well, maybe not Cameron Meredith is a, is a great example, but Garcon uh, and certainly um, uh, Patterson are a great example. Yet these guys cheap because nobody's going after them because they're loaded up receivers like idiots like me. <laughs> have no, have all these great receivers sitting on, on the bench. You Go should, ahead. You should have interviewed Jim. I know. I, listen, listen I, sh- I should have picked the pickpocket brain as it were, a long time ago. Talk about the Broncos running backs, Dave. So, Jim, what do you think of the near split in touches between C.J. Anderson and Devontae Booker in uh, yesterday's game? Are you worried about Anderson going forward? No, no, I'm not. I, I think uh, I would be worried about it if I had next year. I think that, you know, Booker's got the job. But I think, I think, I think that Anderson's going to ride it out at 65% of the time, which makes Booker not playable. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I still like Anderson. I think maybe it was a little bit of game flow. Well, I think, I think you bring that up, and that's a good point. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that the Broncos didn't go out and sign C.J. Anderson. They matched Miami's offer for him, and this is before they had Booker on the team. So you had to think that Elway thought, like, look, I'm losing my starting quarterback. There's no way I'm paying him $70 million. He's going to go to Houston. I need some sort of stability on this team. I have to match this offer. I can't just let them both go. He gets Anderson back on the team. He drafts Booker, who could be the guy going forward. I mean, who knows? And Anderson is just sort of there. So I think Jim brings up a great point. Maybe this year you're not so concerned with Anderson. Next year, <laughs> unless he falls in drafts, you may want to stay away from him, Dave. Well, you know, here's another thing. I you know, I, uh, I told Todd right up, right up front because I like Booker a lot. Uh, I told him that, you know, every time I'm in these drafts, it seems like the, the, that whoever has Booker and has the best team. <laughs> and that's not because I thought Booker was going to play. It's just that it seems like whoever – drafted them seemed to really know what they were doing so jim uh, a lot of people of course are talking to jim nicola the leader in the football guys players championship heading into uh into week six and jim a lot of people say you can't be successful when you draft two tight ends early well on this first place team you have 
You drafted three of them early. You take Jordan Reed in the second, you take Greg Olson in the third, and you take Delaney Walker in the fourth. So obviously the Reed injury hurts you, or the Reed concussion hurts you, but you know maybe not so much as other Reed owners because you already have guys like Greg Olson and Delaney Walker that you can plug uh, into well, uh, the tight end position when need be, even if Reed does miss time. Well, uh, why did you choose to load up on uh, the tight end well, position in the winning, rounds I've, two through four in that league? You guys are looking at this year. If you look at the other years I played with you guys, okay, especially in the big leagues, not not so much the draft masters leagues like the $77 ones. I'm talking about in the auction leagues or the uh, your big uh, main event leagues. Those type of leagues, I have a high percentage of winning in your in your in your format over the years. I mean, I win at least. I mean, it seems like I win a league every year, and I play in two, or I, I, in the auction leagues. I seem to do fine. And the, my point is, you guys give a bonus for tight ends, so why not take them? I mean, isn't Jordan Reed as good as after four, the four, after the top four or five receivers go? Isn't he better than every other receiver? Isn't Olson better than every other receiver? I mean, isn't Gronk, if he's healthy, as good as any receiver? So, so why in the world are you taking Cooks over Jordan Reed? Why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. I don't, it just doesn't make sense, especially you're looking at a guy that – and plus the tight ends have a tendency to be more consistent than these receivers. Some of these receivers disappear. I mean, look at Julio Jones this year, 300 yards, 20 yards, you know what I mean. I, I, if you're going to play in your leagues and you don't take tight ends, then you're nuts. <laughs> okay, I mean, you're just nuts. I, I don't care what these other guys say. I have a record that's better than theirs in your leagues. In fact, I'll match my record in your leagues to anybody's, and I don't care. Look it up. And I don't even think it's going to be close, to be honest with you. Now, I haven't won two hundred thousand dollars. But I'm talking about what's the first priority when you get into a league? You've got to win your league. That's what's important, isn't it? I mean, you know, Phil is very good, too. I mean, Phil, Phil is on board with me. He'll sit there and say, well, what are, you know, what are you, what, I mean, he, you know, and he's a statistics nut. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's the way I play your leagues. I mean, I don't play that way in RT sports. But in RT sports, I have a tendency to grab running backs. That's what I have, you know, because I know I'm going to find a receiver somewhere. So if I have one good receiver and three really good running backs, I'm happy as a lark because it's going to fill out. And in leagues that don't prioritize tight ends, you're going to get a good one. It's just going to flop in your lap. <laughs> it just happens. You know, uh, you got to get into a rhythm in these leagues. you got to know when somebody's going to come to you. And you do that by playing in these $30 leagues and $40 leagues, like your $35 leagues or RT Sports $30 leagues. And you get into a rhythm. It's kind of like Zen, right? Zen and the Art of Archery, if you ever read that book. And the other thing I believe is once you get into a rhythm, you should know exactly what you're doing. I love it when people take a long time to pick. That means they're thinking too much. Have you ever read the book Blink? Yes. Actually, that one I have read. It's shockingly yeah. enough, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink, which basically says your first impression is going to be right when you're making these types of decisions. And so you research, you got into a rhythm, make up your mind, and get off the pot and pick your player. Don't sit there and procrastinate. 
And because half the time you're going to talk yourself out of the right guy. So that's I, I bid fast when I in auctions. I uh, pick fast. I mean, I pick as fast as they can peel it. I mean, they peel one guy, and I'm ready to pick. I'm ready to go. And I know exactly what I want. If it doesn't work, so what? <laughs> but it sure works more often than not. All right, I'm, I might be boring you guys here with this. But anyway. No, no. No, you're absolutely not boring. In fact, you're the opposite of boring, so much to the point that I realize that we, we are up against a break here. We are going to come back here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with much more from Jim Nicola, the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into Week 6. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, HSFF Hour, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He's the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football. I am merely Eric Balkman here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are joined tonight by Jim Nicola, who is leading the Football Guys Players Championship, a 6,900 uh, team competition, $250,000 to the uh, grand prize winner. And Jim is in first place right now. Uh, Chiefs running backs, Dave, definitely on people's minds this week with Jamal Charles expected to come back. You have a question about that. Yeah, so Jim, if... Uh... You have your choice. You own Wera, Spencer Wera, and Jamal Charles. Charles is saying he's 110% healthy. Are you uh, you believing him, even though he's uh, gotten about two fancy points this year? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't own I don't I only own him in one out of about 50 or about 70 leagues, so I really don't care. Uh, and I have I have Wera in about two leagues. All right, that's one of the things I avoided this year, um, for better or worse. Uh, I would probably play Charles if I had the choice, though. So he's rolling out Charles. Um, he's Telling our listeners to roll out Charles. Yeah, and I think, you know, I have to face that decision in, in a few leagues, and I'm probably starting Charles over where, even though I, there's a weird report from the Chiefs this week, or I think Andy Reid said they were going to sprinkle Charles in, which doesn't make me feel great about it. But uh, <laughs> At least he didn't say tinkle. Hey, Jim, let's move on to a running back that you did draft in a lot of places this year, and that's Justin Forsett, a guy that uh, actually, and you weren't the only one, I drafted him in a lot of places too, and I was certainly disappointed, uh, not so much the first time that the Baltimore got him, but the second time. Um, we talked about him at the top of the show. I, I, I still have him rostered. I'm trying to pick him back up in a couple of leagues tonight. What did you do with him, and what do you expect from him now that we know Theo Riddick is out this week, maybe longer, and uh, we know Zach Zenner has been uh, very uh, underwhelming, and Dwayne Washington listed as questionable. What are your expectations with four sets? Well, you know, let's go back. I mean, I was all over Forsett uh, before the year started because I thought he was one of the really undervalued players. Here you got a starting running back going in the ninth round. I think that's where you were probably taking him too, maybe even the tenth round. In fact, he went even in the eleventh round in some drafts. And um, you know, I thought he was the best back at Baltimore, uh, but you know, everybody was on Dixon. I mean, you know, they were drooling over Dixon and. Uh, I said, okay, well, fine, I'll still take Forsett. It's a good value where I'm taking him, and I just won't bother to back him up um, unless they just hand me one of these guys. Uh, I picked up West in a few leagues. But then I, all of a sudden they drop him, and I said, oh, God dang it. You know, so I just I dropped him, and almost uh, about 90% of the leagues I owned him. I mean, I owned him a few draft masters leagues, so I can't drop him, but... Now I am just like you, trying to pick him back up. And let's look at the Detroit situation. I mean, who is the best running back there right now? Who's the best one in your opinion? Yes, let all things being equal. Forget who had the job, where, who's going to get. Who is the best running back right now in Detroit? Well, for me, it's for us. That's right. So I think he's a pretty valuable guy to pick up. And uh, with the situation there, 
he probably is going to end up maybe with a whole bunch of carries within two weeks. Um, at least that's the way I see it. Uh, I mean, you know, you have to worry a little bit about Abdullah coming back. I mean, he might come back in four weeks or five weeks, but even then, if Forsett's doing the job. And you know what? Whenever Forsett has had the opportunity to do it, he's done it. So. Indeed he has. Uh, Jim, we do have uh, an email here uh, that I want to read, and it's actually uh, pretty uh, relevant after what we witnessed with the San Diego offense last night. It's from Kevin in Asheville, North Carolina. He writes, Hi, Jim. Will Antonio Gates ever be the better tight end to start over Hunter Henry the rest of this season and the rest of Gates' career? Good luck, pickpockets. That's Kevin in Asheville, North Carolina. Kevin, thanks for the email. Jim, your thoughts on Gates I don't, versus I don't think Henry. Gates is ownable. Uh, okay, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even bother to own Gates. So, and I'm in a tight end league. I think I think I think I think the uh, the kid from Arkansas is really good. I mean, so that's my opinion. I don't even think it's close. I wish I went Henry and Dynasty. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think a lot of people, because of you know the struggles that rookie tight ends have had over you know the past half decade or even decade really, sans Tony Gonzalez. I think people it has Dynasty owners shying away from drafting tight ends at the end of first round and the early second round. They tend to go for that receiver, maybe a running back or what have you. So Hunter Henry, I think, is pretty valuable in dynasty leagues right now. And, I, and you know, I own Gates in a couple leagues, and it's good to hear Jim saying he's not even ownable anymore because I feel like I'm, I wanted to cut the cord, and I'm like, I can't cut the cord on Antonio Gates. But now maybe tonight I feel a little bit better. Well, uh, let's put it this way. Due to the fact that you, you had Boston, Jason Morrow, ASJ, Eifert's actually kind of a semi-bust. All these, Max like, Williams. Max Williams, all these highly drafted tight ends have sucked recently. So everybody's like, ah, tight ends always suck coming up, but they don't. They don't. They just, they just weren't good. Those, like, four or five examples they haven't been good. Jim's right. Hunter Henry bucking the trend. Well, look, yeah, but, you know, he was the best tight end in college. I mean, it's not like this guy's a joke. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, you know, come on. I mean, he, and he looks good, and he's playing with a quarterback that likes to throw the ball to tight ends. So, yeah, I mean, I mean and, I, and the other thing, too, you mean, like, San Diego loves to pass, and it seems like everybody that they like to pass to there goes down. Keenan Allen, out for the oh, year. Right. Danny Woodhead, <laughs> out for the year. Gates went down for a few games, and he certainly does. He looks like a shell of his former self. So, Hunter well, Henry's in a great situation there as well. Opportunity meets talent, Dave. He's not in a great situation. Fire the entire training staff. They should fire the nutritionist. Whoever's in charge of stretching, the team doctor, everyone on that organization that is involved in maintaining health of people's lower bodies should be fired immediately. He's in a good fantasy situation for us. He's not in a great. California, for God's sake, it's like the best weather in the country. Yeah, he's not in a great career situation for himself right now. All right, that's right. That's right. Anyway. Listen, yeah. Jim's time is valuable. We have one final question for him, Dave, tonight. All right, Jim. Yeah, this is uh, – we need a, an early round stud that people should seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people will start this weekend that you think will have a good sleeper-esque performance. Oh, boy, let's see. A fancy stud that I would bench. Uh, um, well, I mean uh, – I mean, uh, gee whiz, let me think for a minute. Um I mean, I think Meredith's a pretty good play this week. I mean, uh, I, I like Coyer. All right, I think Coyer fits Chicago much better than, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, boy, it's <laughs> with me. I mean, my my bias against Lamar Miller, I'd probably sit him, but it's such a good matchup, I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> he likes ooh, the Hoyer Meredith. I mean, 
Huh? Yeah, who would have thought that that would be the Bears connection we were talking about? Not Cutler Jeffrey, it's Hoyer Meredith. <laughs> well, I mean, Hoyer is not bad. You know, uh, he was on his back constantly in Texas. I mean, that offensive line last year was pathetic. And, uh, you know, I mean, when he's – I mean, at Cleveland he was throwing 300 yards, you know, and, until uh, he had his money problems there. And then he, he gets a shot in uh, – Houston and they can't block worth a crap. And you know he may end up being the Bears' quarterback for a long time. In fact, I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to lose a job personally. Uh, but I don't know who's going to be a bust this week. I mean, uh, gee whiz, most of the guys I you know you certain guys I avoid. If you pick a bad you know, player, I, 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 it's just a question I don't know. Yeah, I, we I, certainly I don't. don't make your teams null and void at the FFPC if you biff this question. I mean, Lamar Miller make, makes a lot of sense. I, I know he's got a plum matchup this week, but he's certainly underwhelmed most of the weeks this year. Yeah, two yards of carry, and uh, you know, and plus he's on the field constantly to boot. You know, I mean, where will Lamar Miller go next year? <laughs> I mean, you know, what fifth round, fourth round? Uh, he's going, what, 10th overall, 12th overall, 13th overall in the drafts this year? Uh, you know, I mean, he's been a yearly bust, but I do think it should be okay this year or this week. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you also can say, uh, uh, you know, the, the the wide receiver for Houston could be a problem this week. I mean, they're going to be handing the ball off to him, and they got Fuller over there. So, I mean, he's another one that's a problem over there. What do you do with him? You, know? hey, uh, you, you think about it too, Jim. DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller, both first-round picks this year, essentially first-round picks this year in FFPC leagues uh, from the same team, uh, Houston, which is not really known for their prolific offense, and Osweiler was co- is still quarterbacking that team. Yeah, a free agent, semi-unknown quarterback, maybe, maybe limited we, starting experience, who got benched for Peyton Manning, who retired. Yeah, we should have known at, at, the, at the start of the season, like, look, one of these guys is probably not going to work out, and it turns out, eh, neither one of them, not that great uh, so far this season. So, uh, Well, listen. I, mean, I, I mean, I wasn't on either one of them, so, I mean, but I would, that was, you know, that's just... You know, the, the offensive line there is in question, too. The tight end is not a factor to take some of the pressure off those receivers. Fuller I like. I mean, uh, he was great, you know, in college, so what can you say? Uh, and uh, wide receivers have a tendency to be a little better than any other position. Well, the running backs actually do. Uh, you know, I, I like Meredith, too, because the Bears never really had a second receiver over there. I mean, it's kind of a new toy for them. I mean... Uh, white is basically as you go along, and uh, everybody else they've had is, I don't you know, just not even mentionable, I guess. I mean, Eddie Royal's in the slot, and he has his games, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think Meredith well, might have listen, a good game. We, we, don't wanna, we don't want you racking your brain over this. What we need you racking your brain on is you, starting the correct guys this weekend, especially when you have a team in first place in the Football Guys Players Championship. All the other first place teams you have, I mean, you, you probably have more first place teams than I have teams this year, which is insane. Uh, but congrats on all the early success that you've had, Jim. I hope it carries over the rest of the season. I hope you break through and, uh, and win a big, uh, big prize of the FFPC well, this year. You certainly know what you're doing. You have the, yeah. the career behind you, uh, a career record of, of being very successful in this format. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best, my friend, going forward. 
Well, thank you. I hope I, uh, I hope I met expectations for you guys. I'm sorry that, I, I mean, you know, I, it's hard to pick a bust. I mean, especially when I think the the bust is the guy that's going to be playing against a team that's a bust. So, I mean, <laughs> anyway, well, Jim, I would say you exceeded expectations tonight. This was uh, wonderful. Uh, I, I know I listened, I enjoyed listening to you, and and I know the chat room did as well, and all the other. Uh, you know, dozens of people that will download this over the next uh, week will definitely enjoy it as well. I, I certainly appreciate you making some time for us, man. We'll, we'll talk again soon. I hope so. Thank you very much for letting me come on. Thanks, Jim. Jim Nicola, the Pickpockets uh, franchise owner, big baseball player. I should ask him more about baseball with, uh, with everything that's been going on in the, uh, the crazy stuff in, in the ALCS and, and NLDS, as it were. What are you talking about? Yeah, we don't need to talk about baseball. Hey, you know, one thing I did want to bring up that, that he just uh, talked about the new toy, Chicago having a number two receiver. Yeah. They have a number two receiver now. Hmm. Now all they need is a number one receiver. Oh, oh yeah. That's a sick burn. Baldwin. Eric Baldwin, Dave Gerzak, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. More jokes on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network right after this. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolling on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Eric Balkman, at Eric Balkman on Twitter. He is Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, patron saint of Fantasy Football, at Dizzle on Twitter. I'm just kidding. He's at David Gerzak on Twitter. You should get Dizzle, though, (laughs) honestly. Or or patron saint of FF. See who owns that. I don't don't have enough time to waste on social networks to just post random crap. You know, it's funny. You say that, and I I feel like you post more than I do. You just share random links that promote some like your show on Twitter. Hey, listen, it's it's uh it's all for the fans. It's all for the fans. Dave. I have 984 lifetime tweets, Balky. I have like of which probably five or six thousand. Eight hundred are stupid. Anyway, it's all for the fans. Let's tweet, 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 tweet. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. You tweeting right now? Am I looking at this? I was just checking out the Twitter. Yeah, all right. What's going on tonight? Nothing? Southwest Airlines has an ad. Oh, really? Yeah, low fares. Oh. Here's what I see on my Twitter feed. Hashtag Trump sucks. <laughs> Hashtag Clinton sucks. Hashtag America sucks. <laughs> Hashtag election suck. Yes, I think staying off social media until the election's over. I mean, the election's pretty much over. Hillary's going to win. Yeah. But I, I think just staying away from any form of social media is not that bad of an idea. Just if you... You know, if, if you're one of those people who get stressed out about this stuff, because I don't really get that stressed out about I, it. You know, I say I, I cannot. I, mean, I want it to be competitive for more fun on election night. Right. And yeah, me sucks. too. I don't, I, I don't want it to like be a landslide. With Romney, I knew he was going to lose. So that, that wasn't, that wasn't. Right. There's no fun then. Yeah. There's not a lot of fun in, in a, like, in a serious blowout. It's about the. You never know. I mean, what could happen? I mean, we're like three weeks away. Uh, I just want to get there because I do enjoy election night. I mean, what if Hillary I just don't like that. Of, like corruption or, oh, forget it. Yeah. Well, I, what, what can she do at this point? I mean, exactly. What more could she or a bill be accused of? Right, right. And, I mean, it's like amazing how it slides up. No. Well, well I mean, the media, well, whatever. The media doesn't want to cover that, and they want to cover the other stuff, so that's fine. My uncle is a uh, very staunch conservative guy, uh, and he sent me an email about some Clinton scandals, or something, like the top 10 Clinton scandals. I haven't opened it up, but I was like, oh, sure, after I read this, I'm going to have to forward it to Dave because you'll appreciate it. 
I, it's nothing I haven't heard before. It's no big deal, whatever. We haven't heard this question before. Bill in Dallas, Texas. Will things get better or worse for Todd Gurley when Jared Goff takes over? For Case Keenum. First of all, Dave, when, is that, when the hell does that happen? Uh, yeah, well, that, that was my first question. Do you think it happens this year? No, I don't think it does. You think Keenum's the man the rest of the season? Goff looks so terrible in preseason. They're like so much of a deer in the headlights. I just don't think that they do that. He looks like a 170 pound waif out yes. there, too. Yeah, exactly. Not looking very, uh, doesn't look the part, doesn't play the part. Like I said, I think he's wearing the Vince Papali shoulder pads for Invincible. He's like, we're the smallest shoulder pads. And right. he's like this. He just looks like super skinny. Yeah. He should be in the weight room or doing something. Well, I'm sure he is in the weight room. He's definitely not out on the field. Hey, Gurley, does he get it going this year? Or is he going to yeah, be a boss? You got it going last week. He's doing it. Right, but Benny Cunningham might be back this week. And I, I feel like a lot of Gurley's point, he had like five catches last week, five for like 30 or 40 yards or something like that. You're talking about eight or nine points. And Cunningham's probably, and he did not have that when Cunningham played before. Well, there's two possibilities there. The, the, the one possibility is that Cunningham, who's a severely worse player, not even close to as talented as Gurley, goes back and takes that same role that he had before. The other thing is that an intelligent coach would be like, oh, wow, this, you know, this is like one of the top running backs in football, and he's really right. good at catching, and he's a lot faster than Benny Crappy Cunningham. But doesn't, maybe, don't, you think Jeff Fisher, more. don't you think Jeff Fisher understands that? I don't know if I, – I, I, mean, I think we, maybe, we, we maybe talk, he does, but he still doesn't do it. We talked about this about hard knocks when you were talking about when the coaches are watching film and Todd Gurley got knocked to the ground or whatever at, at the line and Fisher, like, paused and rebounded. He was like, guys, we've got to keep 30 upright. Yeah, we can't no, let – So no I one think hits 30. He understands. He understands uh, he's valuable. Right. I mean, he's really the key to now, the franchise. Now, do you think – Fisher is one of these like uh, like action figure collecting guys where you never take it out of the plastic, you know, and like, oh, it's, it decreases the value if you take it out of the plastic. That's pretty funny. Maybe that's what he is treating Todd Gurley. But he's hey, never done that in the past. He's always he's he's given running backs like 30 carries in a game. Can you make the argument that he's never had? Listen, I'll put it this way. Look, you know, I've I've, I've had, you know, a Wonder Woman in the past. I've had a Flash. I even had a Martian Manhunter. I have never had a mint Superman like this. There is no <laughs> way I am ever even thinking about taking this one out of the plastic. Well, the thing is, when you when you get catches, you're, it's, you're less likely to get hurt than you are. At, you know, like these little swing passes out of the backfield, you're not going to get hurt like if you're just running it up the one hole or the zero hole. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know, 20, 21 blasts or something like that. Yeah. It, it makes more sense, actually, to give Cunningham the inside carries. He's not as good of a goal line back. But I'm just saying, if you have, like, you know, like a draw play or something like that, when you think that Cunningham is going to catch a pass, that makes more sense if you're trying to spell Gurley, in my opinion, if you're talking about the injuries. If I was an NFL coach, I would call no plays between the tackles. Just put all your defense on the outside because that's where you're going to have to stop me. Just I'm all about getting guys in space. Uh, Riverdog says he has 200 unopened action figures in his garage. There you go. What are they worth, Riverdog? Riverdog gets it, put totally. Him on, get him on eBay, buddy. Yeah, no, because this is a retirement plan. Well, there you go. <laughs> and maybe he's got a, a, like a mint 1970s Christopher Reeve era Superman. Or no, it's 70s. Uh, Reeve was 80s, I think. You know what? Nobody cares. Not even me. Uh, Riverdog does, but there's plenty of other outlets for him for that. Uh, hello, Balky and I Dave. I wonder if there's an action figures podcast. Are you? I'm sure there's a zillion. Are you guys playing Rashad Jennings this week if he's active against Baltimore? And even if he is active, would you be all right with flexing Bobby Rainey? Mike in Binghamton, New York. Binghamton? <laughs> I know a good card game with a bunch of government workers in Binghamton. Binghamton? Remember that? No. Rounders. Oh, that's man. when they go to the cops game or whatever. Got a hanger, Sarge. Dang it, that's... I was winning before that guy even got here. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll let the cards do How'd the talk. How did I miss that quote? How did I miss that quote? Uh, uh, aren't you I... supposed to read us our rights first? Okay. Rashad Jennings. Um, Rashad, for God's sake. 
Jalen Richard, Richard Jennings, whatever. Justin Forsett. He doesn't deserve his name to be pronounced correctly. He's not having a good season. He wasn't doing well before. I really don't have a lot of interest in rolling with him until he comes back and proves himself again. And then I'm not that interested in Rainey either. I think I'm looking in another direction if yeah, possible. I can't conceivably start Rainey if Jennings is playing this week. Uh, the thing that does work in Jennings' favor if he is active, and again, I will be looking at starting him as my second running back if he is active. Baltimore's rush defense is good, not great. Um, but I think if you get Jennings out in space, again, he's a guy that could catch four or five balls and not have the greatest game on the ground, but end up having a, a fairly good fantasy production, uh, good fantasy production for you when he does catch those passes. So I, I think you could do a lot worse as your number two running back or your, you know, three or four flex. You know, Wasp guy's helping out my pronunciation. He's putting like phonetic stuff in here for me. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Rashad. Yeah, like you're from Boston. Yeah, yeah. I parked the car in Harvard Yard. <laughs> Our, Why do I want to watch Goodwill Hunting now? Yeah, exactly. Our Cameron artist Payne and Fozzie Whitaker headed back to the scrap heap of the waiver wire, or would you keep either of them around for when Stewart inevitably falls apart again? TIA. That's Ray true. in Newark, New Jersey. I agree. He probably will miss a few more games. But we saw the cap and uh, the notorious CAP and Waka Waka Fozzie uh, not getting uh, defined um, – like being the man in the backfield. They split it pretty evenly. Now, Cameron R.S. Payne had a pretty good game against Tampa with the two um, touchdowns. He gets the 80 yards on the ground. But Whitaker is the guy for catches. I mean, he was the guy catching the ball out of the backfield. I'm more inclined to keep Whitaker. Uh, Cameron R.S. Payne, we don't even know if he's going to be active. Remember, he wasn't active the first few weeks of the season because he doesn't play special teams. Right. If Stewart's active, maybe uh, Cameron R.S. Payne is inactive. Are you really going to keep a guy on your roster that is going to be inactive unless the inactive, not even the backup or like the number three guy. He's going to be inactive unless Stewart gets hurt. No, that's a good point. Actually, I would keep Whitaker around. Uh, I'd be more inclined to dump Artist Payne. And by the way, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're if you're Cameron Artist Payne, just this last week you had two yeah. two touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Had a good week. You know, you're finally contributing in the NFL. And now the next week you might have to just sit there in like street clothes and not right. even play. It's just depressing. How can you not be good enough to play on special teams? He probably isn't good on like kickoff coverage. He's not like a sprinter type. Right. Yeah. I've ne- he's never a speedster at Auburn. That's for sure. And he's not, can, he can't, you know, pass block on punts returns or something. I would think that he or could, not pass he could block, do that. Like return you know, block. Yeah. Or, or like make sure the punter doesn't get massacred. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't understand I feel, I feel the logistics. Well, the other thing that stinks is Ron Rivera said after Stewart got hurt, he's like, look, all Artis Payne's ever needed was an opportunity. Okay, well, now Stewart's back. So if you read between the lines, he ain't going to get that opportunity. Right. Tough, especially when we're coming up. And I, and I know I say this over and over again about the bye weeks, but we're coming up on a lot of bye weeks with four teams on bye. Uh, you know, this week we only get Minnesota and Tampa, but – Going forward, man, it's going to be tough to keep guys like that rostered on your team. You're going to see guys uh, that people don't want to cut, uh, that they have to cut in order to, to get a semi-decent lineup out there. Okay, this is – I always appreciate by the which, by the way, this next email is one of the blind resume emails. I always love these. It, I, I certainly appreciate it when people send them in. Send more of them in. What are you talking about? I'm about to tell you. What's a blind resume? I'm about to tell you. This is Hank in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> he writes, blind resume time. Who am I? I am currently on pace for 112 catches, 1,622 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Yet I am shorter than 5'10 and lighter than 185 pounds. Who am I? 
You have no guesses on this at all? Here's the thing. What's the pace again? 112. 112, 16, 22, and 10 touchdowns. I'll throw it to the chat room. I, I figured if you didn't get it right away that because we're a little bit delayed or the uh, chat room's a little bit delayed, I figured the chat room might might toss it, uh, a couple of names out there. People right now who are listening to this have already like Googled it and, and found out who it was yeah, or so you know, I, like, I'm, looked it up. I'm catching them. Like I'm not thinking really very well. You I, know, the problem I, is I'm not drinking at all. Tonight. I have had um, no drinks, so I'm not thinking as clearly. As I right. Yeah. You don't have the, uh, the Wisconsin uh, um, uh, Mensa juice yeah, exactly. tonight. Um I'll give you a hint. This is not like a waiver wire or a late round guy. This was the pedigree guy that was drafted in like. Well, I know it's not Randall Cobb. I, Cobb. I would say uh, Riverdog guest Kelvin Benjamin. No, Benjamin is actually bigger than 5'10", 185. <laughs> um, who's, uh, who's, getting, who's getting tons of Oh, unless he meant Travis Benjamin. Maybe he meant Travis Benjamin. Right. It is not Travis Benjamin. It is a guy that was, I think I said this in the drafting season. He was, it seemed like he was always picked at the 2-3 turn all the time. Not Cooks. Not Cooks. Although right. Cooks is oh, the T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton. Oh, there we go. There you go. So what surprised me about this is Hilton is on pace for 112, 16, 22, and 10 touchdowns. How much have we talked about the Colts offense this year? Yeah, very quietly, actually, it seems like. I, like, hardly at, at all have we mentioned all the Colts. Well, Andrew we've been Luck, focusing you know? on the top teams, like the Browns and the Titans. Exactly. And now we have to go even further below that <laughs> to get to the Colts offense. So you have um, T.Y. Hilton absolutely crushing it on an offense that we kind of associate with being pretty underwhelming this year. Uh, Hilton going forward. Luck's really annoying to watch. Okay. What if luck gets good? I mean, these numbers could go up for Hilton. They could. I mean, it, and I I would imagine that when Moncrief gets back, these numbers do take a dip uh, a little bit, but Hilton's in for a big season and a guy that I wasn't really on this year again, because I think I am, um, whatever the league called it, I, I'm a heightist or, or, a, or whatever. Like I, I don't like shorter wide receivers. Usually cooks was the exception. The, the I think league is kind of moving that direction. I mean, it has been for the past few years. Yeah. I, I was referring to the TV show, the league, but no, okay. Yeah. I got you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Hilton was a guy uh, I wasn't on him at all this year. And the people that drafted him at the two, three turn, he's been wonderful for him. I think you can expect more wonderful things going forward. And he's a guy that maybe we would look at, at if he keeps this up, uh, as a first-round pick in FFPC leagues next year. So I appreciate that blind resume, Hank, in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Wooly and Bully. How do the fantasy values of Hyde, Curly, Smith, and McDonald change with Mr. Anthem Q being the Niners now? Thanks, Chad in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for the email, Chad. Do you want to just go back? Wasp guy wondering oh, about sorry, yes. Philip Dorsett's prospects this year. Boy, he has not been good as the number two receiver. No, he's not. And I feel like, I think it was Sigmund Bloom or somebody, or Waldman, somebody in football guys saying, like, I, he's actually more valuable as the number three receiver than he is the two. He's, he's not been doing much on the outside. I think he does need um, Moncrief, uh, you know, being that underneath guy to open stuff up for him, uh, open up stuff for him deep. And with Dorsett, it's like you, you can't feel good starting him, even with Moncrief out. I don't think Luck trusts him either. I mean, he trusts you, I Hilton, so he's probably looking in that direction most of the time. Even if Hilton might be, by chance, the second read on that play, he probably looks at Dorsett real fast, like, eh, hey, not open, boom, and he throws it to him. And Hilton runs like the full route tree, yeah. you know, and Dorsett is more like a nine front. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Hilton has, you know, whatever. He doesn't care. Right. Um, All right, so back to Kaepernick. Yeah, so Kaepernick changing the face of the Niners or not changing much at all? Changing the face of America, Balky. All right. 
I don't. It's not that. Listen. You didn't expect me to say something semi-positive about him, did you? No. Listen. Here's the Which thing. Which really wasn't. I don't want to like make it seem like I'm poo-pooing what he's doing. This this podcast is not the place to discuss it. We've talked about politics way too much tonight already. All I, right. I'll leave it alone. Um, yeah, I think he's he can't hurt. I mean, Gabbert has not been doing it. I think Kaepernick might be all right. Hey, real quick. Um, I didn't bring. I meant to bring this up with you. Have you heard about the? And the chat room probably will back this up. Have you heard about the killer clown craze going? Uh, I've seen it on the news. Okay. And I tried to avoid avoid okay. the whole thing. So I'll I really talk, don't have much knowledge. Okay, of it. that's fine because I want to go next level on this. The the clowns that are not the killer clowns, like the, your friendly balloon. Are they actually killing people? No, 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 no. The 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 friendly balloon people, that, right. like the, your birthday party clowns or whatever. They're actually upset because these killer clowns are giving. Regular um, clowns are bad name. Right, exactly. And I swear to God, I'm not making this up. There was a Twitter hashtag started called Clown Lives Matter. <laughs> and like talking about all the positive things that these, that the regular, yeah, quote I mean, unquote, regular clowns. Balloon animals, juggling. Right, you know, like uh, the water the flower. Paint, yeah, the water flower, obviously. The, the, the handkerchief, the never ending handkerchief that is yeah. uh, <laughs> stuffing 80 of them and a little VW Beetle, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, like, all this stuff. So, if you like search the hashtag Clown Lives Matter, on Twitter, you'll, you'll get some interesting you know stuff. You I might actually follow that one. Okay. So, well, it's not like you can't follow it. It's a hashtag. It's oh, not, it's just a hashtag? It's just a hashtag. a hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought there was a handle. Maybe there is a handle for Clown Lives Matter. I, I, I don't know. Check but, it out. Okay. No, it's not as good as Florida, man. Get, yeah, that's nothing as good as Florida, man. So getting back to Kaepernick, Dave. Yes. Uh, you think that he is actually going to be a good thing for everybody in the Niners? Well, I think he's going to be a good thing for the Niners offense. I don't think he changes much for Hyde. I really don't know what he's going to do with Jeremy Curley because Gabbard had eyes for Curley and Gabbard's arm. It made it a lot of sense for him to be going to Curley and totally ignore Torrey Smith. Now Kaepernick actually has the arm to get the ball deep to Torrey Smith. He's a guy that I saw picked up in a few leagues because people had dropped him earlier this season. I think that you could uh, be doing uh, a lot worse things with your 20th man on your roster than Torrey Smith. Uh, I think he makes sense for a cheap pickup right now. I don't know how he affects Vance McDonald at all. Corey Smith is just such a colossal piece of crap. He's free right now. Exactly. The, no, he's not. There's an opportunity cost of your 20th roster spot. You yeah, can have I, the Pittsburgh I, Steeler defense sitting on there. That's that's great, and he, they would be higher than my 20th spot this week. They're well, like one of the best defenses to play this week. Fine. So I'm just saying some other defense. You could have a – I don't know. I'm just – he, to me, he's a roster clogger. I, I'm not interested in Torrey Smith at all. Well, the thing is with Torrey Smith, you get him on your roster, give him a couple weeks of Kaepernick, and if it's not happening, cut him loose. You know, I'd much rather have him than not. Remember that he was actually, if you look at some of the art of the preseason articles that were out there about undervalued wide receivers, and I know Rotoviz had a ton of stuff uh, on this as well. You look over and over again who the undervalued receivers were, and Torrey Smith was on a ton of those lists. So I, I think he's a guy that you need to revisit. To me, to me, if you pick him up, you're, he's like your seventh or eighth wide. I know that we're spending too much time with him anyway. But oh, we can move forward then. Seventh or eighth wide receiver. So you're going to need injuries and a bye week, and he's going to have to emerge. It's going to need, you're going to need like a confluence of all these things going together. I don't even know if that's a word. Do you see? Uh, hey, is that a word, Waspai? Confluence? Yeah, confluence. Yeah, Jay Berg's uh, comment about clowns. Yes, and I, I, I oh, typed in LOL I, yeah, immediately after. I, we got, you know, the Clown Lives Matter thing, I think, is the second most discussed subject in the chat room so far this season behind Cod Pieces. <laughs> I think Cod Piece number one, Clown Lives Matter number two. Now we're going to see all these, like, clowns wearing Cod Pieces. Is the, is the plural of Cod Piece Cod Pieces or Cod Pie? Cod Pie? Maybe it's Cod Pie. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, final, tw- this is a direct message I got on Twitter, and I'm not going to reveal the guy's handle because I know he listens to the show and he probably plays against um, other people in, uh, in his league that listen to the show. He says, hi, I need a second opinion. Would you trade a 2017 second for Tyler Lockett in Dynasty League? Trade away? Trade away a second-round pick next year to get Tyler Lockett this year. A wimpy trade. As, as it were. I was likely to win the league maybe, but I'm not interested in trading a medium to good second. So if, I, if my team was kind of not like that really great, good. No, if my team was pretty bad, I would, you not, would not trade. You would not do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if your team's really bad, you're not looking to acquire Lockett anyway. I'm not that interested in Lockett and Dynasty as much just because he's not a high volume. It's not a high volume offense and he's so reliant on the deep ball. He's not like a T.Y. Hilton type player. He's not going to emerge and become a Beckham type player. In my opinion, maybe right. I'm wrong. Um, you know, and like Jeff Terabasi was high on Lockett, and uh, so far he's not doing well, but it very well could turn. So I know it's a buy low opportunity, but uh, I'm still not, still not really buying. Okay, here's what I told him. I told him I would make that trade. I would give away my second rounder to get Tyler Lockett. I look at it from the standpoint of where would Lockett go in next year's rookie draft, you know, and uh, I feel like he would be a first round pick. Now, I don't know. This is coming from a guy who is currently shopping Lockett around the Blake Carrington Dynasty League and uh, not getting what I want for him. So I'm keeping him on my roster. You look at Seattle's offense last year, Dave. Not very good the first half of the season. Second half of the season, crushed it. And Lockett really was a big part of that. The coaches have already said they want to get Lockett more involved. They, they want to make sure he has a big week this week. I think we disagree on his talent. I think he is much more talented than yeah, you give him credit for. He might. You might be right. I might be right. We're probably both wrong somehow. Um, By getting more involved, they might get him five targets. Now, uh, the other thing, too, remember Russell Wilson uh, has that uh, ankle sprain or, or knee injury or whatever it is. It's been hurting his mobility. I think that sort of kept the Seattle offense in neutral the, most of the year. I am a little concerned with Jimmy Graham stepping it up. I didn't really see that coming, that, that he would come back to this level. But I still, I'm a believer in Lockett the rest of the way. I think that he will be uh, meaningful in fantasy for the second half of the season. You know, third option on a low-volume offense, I'll pass. And, uh, but I do appreciate the analysis. It was they, actually pretty go. good. We will uh, pass on uh, continuing this show. We will end it now. Yeah, you know what? Forget this, Bulky. I'm not doing this anymore. Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> I want to thank Jim Nicola. What a great interview, Dave. Such a pleasure to have him on tonight. Yeah, it was. Uh, and since the audio wasn't so good, we didn't interrupt his offense. So I think that was actually why it was right. good. Yeah, that, that was the best part. Uh, so I want to thank him. Wish him best of luck uh, the rest of the way. Us. Uh, exactly. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank uh, Rob, Bryce, and of course you for hanging out with us and uh, listening to us here once again. Uh, we'll be back next Friday. I want to remind everybody to enjoy week six. Remember, high stakes lowdown, rotoviz.com slash radio. Check that out really good stuff from todd range this week and uh i'm uh you know i I like doing the show hopefully you guys like listening to it so we can continue doing it as well so enjoy week six of the nfl season your weekend starts now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world eric and dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light, looking in my mirror, not a jacker in audio problems that we had tonight hopefully if i'm wrong with any of the analysis i gave we had audio problems there too so people never hear it <laughs> it cut, just cuts out yeah sometimes i think 
um, it's addition by subtraction with <laughs> audio problems on this show. You're probably right, Paul. All right. Well, good luck to everybody this week. <laughs>